Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Russell Talk podcast. I am Chopper Peak and today I'm not joined by my intangible co-host. No, no. I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake, the man who didn't win the Jam That Championship at SummerSlam. Against me. I'm the, the Jam That Championship. I had it before, didn't I? <laughs> Had it before for a very long time. It was gathering dust. It was here for so long. Exactly. If you smell it now, Pete, does it smell like Manchester? Because it's been (laughs) here for ages. It's right. It's it's steadily getting replaced with the smells of London because I will become the longest reigning Janet champion before long. I don't. Eventually, genuinely, that's how 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 time works, Pete. I don't, I don't know how long I have to go. I don't know how many more events I need to retain at before I actually get it. Because I've got well, all out this weekend. For six months. So that's a lot of days. Yeah, it's a lot of days. <laughs> Probably got Probably at got least until Survivor Series. Well, we had it like a week, maybe longer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I want it at what Hell in a Cell June. So it's already mm. been three months, nearly. It's, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's not been a lot, um, though, isn't it? Anyway, how you been, Laurie? Mm. Fine, thank you. Very well. Yeah. Quite Good. tired. No. After the whole SummerSlam filming things, mm-hmm. crazy week. Setting yeah. up a studio. Mm. Yeah. That was fun, though. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. That's like that's not my bread and butter. I really, yeah. really, really like Googling equipment and then yeah. putting it all in a room and being like, oh, it looks pretty. Nice. <laughs> but then I'm like, then you spend the whole time being like, there's a tiny bit of glare somewhere in the back of the wall and I want to fix it. We don't have all the things to fix it. So I'm emailing ollie even more links to things that i want him to buy which i'm sure he loves <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to know how much has been spent on that mm. studio i'm sure it's quite a lot a pretty penny but mm. i think yeah. the returns will be worth it yeah because sure. also we can use it for a lot we can use it across multiple channels like it's mm-hmm. 
it's a space that you know we can take a lot we can take stuff out of easily and make it look like a lot of different things so i think mm -hmm. we're going to get a lot out of this studio and i'm really excited that everyone's going to get to see it like really soon yes oh so soon i so they've, I had, the they've had the glimpse yeah they've had the, they've literally had the glimpse of it in the in the board game board gaming table review video that adam did but mm -hmm. the full the full whack is going to be uh from next week it's going to be cool i thoroughly enjoyed you on twitter being like the hanging the the top down camera mm. and hang that from a ceiling was awful i can imagine it, holding a very expensive camera and trying to go mm. oh, oh. Well, we were originally we were originally going to put uh the new camera on t mm. on the ceiling because we wanted to film the table in 4k mm -hmm. um so we could punch in on different bits of the board and then we decided that actually like we'll do that we'll use the new we we'll use the new camera to do 4k on the wide shots so we can punch in and get a, a two shot hopefully on the middle of the table um so fortunately one of the old cameras went on the ceiling but if the new camera had been up there i would have been stood underneath it with a, with a net i think for the whole <laughs> shoot do you want to play the game like no thank you i just want to stand under this camera and i'll, I'll just stay course. here you guys go ahead. I'll yeah. play catch up. Just uh, yeah. just shout at me what I need to do next, and I'll because also I'll like because all the lights, right? Like all the lights in the ceiling are mm -hmm. rigged up really professionally, really nicely. They they've got like uh, steel cable loops going through the lighting rig over the bar on the ceiling. They're also clamped to the bar. So if the if the clamp fails, the steel ring catches the light if it falls so it never hits the floor doesn't hit any of the talent blah 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 blah. the pole that goes across that has the uh camera to it is gaffer taped <laughs> to the, to a bar in the middle and then clamped on top oh, of no. that to pin it down and then the, then the sort of um the downwards facing basically like tripod head hangs off of that and then you can God. Yeah. so like that bit's secure that's that the downwards hanging bit is secure but the pole itself is like semi secure. It's too How? big to fall off. It's like it's too long to fall off. But it, there's no way it will ever fall off. But it it did feel like a bit risky when we put it up there, being like that'll have to do. That's the only <laughs> way to do it. <laughs> How much gaffer tape did you put down just for just for safety? You know, just... lo mate, loads, loads. <laughs> we to be fair, it's cable tight. There, there's a nail. There's a nail sticking out of the metal beam that runs across the middle of the room. So mm -hmm. we, it's it is uh, cable tied to the beam. Then it is gaffer taped round that so that the cable tie can't come off, and then it is clamped onto this steel girder on top. So like it's mm -hmm. like triple, it's like triple safe in a bodge yeah. way. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, like it's yeah. No one would look at that and go, "Wow, that looks safe," but I think it's pretty safe. <laughs> well, regardless, uh, let's get into talking about this uh, this episode of NXT. Um, where the lead we're going to be talking about in this episode is kind of like how this episode kind of sort of felt like the old NXT, where there was just kind of wrestling, and it was quite fun. I quite enjoyed a lot of the matches on this show. So is the new NXT going to kind of just be like the old NXT, maybe? Let's talk about it. Speaking of that that rebrand and that new NXT that's coming, uh, there's been a lot of negativity surrounding this change, and I think uh, people are rightfully a, a little bit nervous uh, surrounding NXT with all the reports coming out that NXT is supposedly going to be going back to just pure developmental brand, and they're focusing on the big guys. It could be the WrestleMania WrestleMania main eventers and stuff like that. 
and they want everyone to they're, they're done recruiting indie talent they just want to get in people that that don't have that much wrestling training so they can teach them the wwe style which kind of makes everyone think that everyone's going to wrestle the same which make for a very boring product um this episode for me i know the changes haven't come in yet i'm i'm well aware that this is all pre-taped episodes and once the rebrand is done we'll see the, the true effects of everything here but this was kind of the post obviously not the first um post takeover episode but this felt like the this felt to me like an episode like the old school, very, very old school style of NXT episodes, where it was a bit more of a developmental brand. But people seem to forget that that was actually a really good period for NXT, just getting to see people have some matches. And not every week was super exciting and entertaining, but a lot of people got over quite organically. You saw some really interesting talent. Not everyone got super over anything, but there was a lot of interesting matches people got over on their own and they just went out there and did some wrestling and that was basically the show there was very little storyline building and then they just had really good matches at takeovers and that was nxt for a little while and this episode i felt like some matches happened i actually quite enjoyed a lot of the matches on the show and it kind of just felt like the nxt of all so maybe if they're going in this direction it might not be the worst thing for the brand overall yeah, I kind of agree. I think I think the thing about this episode is it typified what is good and what is bad about NXT and what has been good and what has been bad about NXT for the last year is because you look at all these matches, they're great matches, but it's Champa, it's Kyle O'Reilly, it's Roderick Strong. Like there, there basically wasn't a match here without someone already quite well established in that match. Um, you know, even even Mandy Rose opening the show, you know, like that's still somebody who has a bit of brand recognition to a name. So like, I think when you're going, when you're going in the direction of saying, we're going to put over these new younger people and you're having these matches where all your big old talent wins, they have kind of suffocated NXT to a degree, like the undisputed era and Champa and Gargano, like they're great. And I love them. And I think they're amazing talent, but because NXT no longer feeds a bigger program, they're not moving on and they're not allowing kind of the, the younger guys to really get over quite that same way that they did before. Whereas like, because NXT constantly refreshed, you just felt like every, you know, every six months, every year, you were getting a new class of people to get behind and see grow. And then you'd be like, oh, cool. Maybe the future's bright for them. The future was never bright for them because they were going to go to Raw or SmackDown. But yeah, this, this kind of show really felt like we're going to put over these old guys over all this new talent and maybe that's sort of like a i don't know if that's like a spiteful last hurrah or whether that is a uh like let's just sneak in the last few shows that we want to do before we have to we're forced to change direction completely but you know this gave good showings to some younger guys um but i don't think it necessarily like it didn't really achieve much it felt like a good show to watch i like watching good wrestling i like all the guys that were featured but you know We've been watching these guys. I've been watching these guys for like three years now doing the same stuff. And, you know, NXT still feels a little bit like a shadow of its former self. It sure does. And I've seen some people in the chat, by the way, saying that it's not the rebrand yet. Yes, I know. It's coming. But I'm saying if this is more of the direction that they're going to go, obviously we don't know the full effects of the rebrand yet. But if it's this sort of more developmental ish style, that's what people really liked about NXT in the first place. So I don't 
necessarily think it's a bad thing for them to want to go back to those roots again because it was when it started to become its own TV show. It's when it started to become this is a third brand that it actually mm. sort of lost a lot of its shine. Like, sure, they got put over at Survivor Series 2018, 19, whatever year that was, um, when NXT was competing at Survivor Series. Sure, they won that, but that almost spelled the beginning of the end for that brand mm. because they that was when it started to become its own tv show and they needed to do not the nxt style of show anymore which was we're just going to put some people out do some matches and then they're going to get over because they're good wrestlers and now i think that they're, they're kind of going back to that again and even though you're right a lot of the old talent did win on this show um i think a lot of the guys that were featured against them were showcased quite well like uh, guys like duke hudson uh got in a really good showing duke hudson uh got in a really good showing against uh kyle o'reilly and like la knight beat johnny gargano when ridge holland did really well against tomaso champer and stuff like that so i think it's i think that i'm hoping at least because this this show it, it wasn't very exciting in terms of you know major talking points or anything but it, it felt very formulaic in terms of here's a match, here's some promos, here's another match, here's some promos, here's another match, here's some promos. And that was the whole show. But that's how you get talent over in these days. It's not the over-the-top characters. It's not any of that stuff. For, for the style of audience that likes the, the AWs and the NXTs, it's can you do a good wrestle? And that's basically what people want to see from NXT. That's what worked for NXT so well in the past. So going back to there... I think it, it might be good. Maybe the new NXT is going to be good. It's going to be like the old NXT again, and everyone's going to go, oh, God, I really like NXT again, because it's it lost its shine once it went to USA, really. Do you think some of that's just the nature of going back to a like pre-recorded format because literally because when they were on usa live obviously every week you go live and you want to do something that feels worthy of being live for um you know obviously the main roster might waste your time a little bit more in that sense but like i think nxt really especially in those early months against AEW, really really tried to give you something like it was going to blow the roof off the place every single week and yeah going back to filming over the course of like one evening or two evenings means that you can just do you you have to do less anyway because people can't necessarily have multiple matches every night while while filming multiple shows so you have to do a bit more of the sort of let's go back to the formula of like promo 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 so i feel like keith lee was wrestling on every show for quite a long time uh when they went live so yeah and maybe that's maybe that's going to be a good thing for nxt i just yeah i would like to see them begin to transition like and this would be the time to do it. I don't know. I don't really know what the point of like, you know, you're gonna do a change to this new direction, this this new form of NXT. It's things like having Tommaso Ciampa beat Ridge Holland. That doesn't make sense to me. Like when when the conversation is you're looking for young big guys who could main event something. Rich Holland is like the mold of that, like in his beef crisps. Like he, he is that guy. Um, <laughs> I, 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 so it just, it feels weird to put someone like Champa over there because while we all love Champa and we all think he's amazing, I'm sure, but he he's had the rub. He, he's, he's not necessarily like Ridge going over it in a, like with three guys at ringside as well. Like, it doesn't diminish Champa in any way, shape or form, but does actually almost immediately halt what you were doing with Ridge. Yeah, I thought that was a very odd choice, which we'll, we'll talk about a bit more later.
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, we'll get into a few of your ultra chats here and then we'll get into reviewing the, the whole show. But first things first, I just want to say we're sponsored by Beer52. Beer52.com forward slash wrestle. We've done it all over SummerSlam week and the weeks that follow. Beer52.com forward slash wrestle. Get your free crate of 10 craft beers, UK viewers only. All you have to do is pay for the postage and the packaging, which is like £5.95, which works out like 59 beer can. Goodness me, that's such a good deal. Go, go get it. Um, it's at the top of the description. Pin comment. Beer52.com forward slash wrestle. Go get your crate craft beer. Thank you very much. Um, into your ultra chats here, which you can get in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get those in and we'll read all the ones that are five bucks and up by the time this show goes off the air. Stephen Guzman says, uh, so my question for you, lads, what is the ceiling for NXT UK talent in NXT? Mustache Mountain only had the tag titles for a bit. Grizzle Jung Vets seemed to never win it big. Tony Storm and Pete Dunne never seemed to get to the top. Uh, never seemed to get to the top. Will Kaylee Ray beat the trend? Uh, I don't know. I genuinely I'm... don't know. I'm beginning to, yeah, I, I think that the thing is, obviously, they people assigned to NXT UK and they need to be using NXT UK and they have a limited amount of time that they want to showcase people on NXT to put over NXT UK. And it tends to be around when those things renew. So, like, you know, NXT UK got a really big push when the BT Sport deal came through. Um, but, yeah, it seems like I feel like Tony Storm and Pete Dunne, you know, now they're full-time NXT, could be their time. I feel like, you know, Pete Dunne was the first one out when Samoa Joe did his little thing. And I can really see Pete Dunne, while he's not huge, he's got he's got a team, he's got a big guy with Rich Holland backing him up. I feel like Pete Dunne is the sort of person that I could see winning an NXT championship at some point down the line. Um, 
same thing like Tony Storm. I can see her. Well, obviously she's moved on now, but like Tony Storm was one of those people that I think is could be a future champion. Mm-hmm. Um, Gyv, I think they just like them. <laughs> they they, yeah. they like them being there and they like them being silly, but they're much more interested in them being funny and silly at the moment than they are necessarily being. They're the foils to other people rather than the actual legitimate contenders. Totally, but they've had their shame. wins. They've had their wins though. Like you know. Yeah. Zach Gibson has, has won a lot on his own. Like they, they've they've been quite dominant without necessarily being champions. Yeah, just not in NXT. That's the thing. They're very mm. dominant in the UK and NXT UK and like the UK tournaments and stuff like that. It's since they've come to the American NXT, they've just been like, and now you're a comedy group. It's like, well, it was because you don't know you don't know what he's why? saying, Pete, because his, his accent is yeah. so thick. You don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Soon to be. Um, 69 Intangible Sadie Deegan says, Happy Wednesday, beautiful boys. So NXT was fine last night. Did Saray break Mandy's face? Is she going to have to wear a mask like Sheamus? Did the dropkick even connect? I'm confusion. Dragonoff looked cool, though, so that's an up. Love y'all. Have a good day. Thank you very much, Sadie. You're the best. Dropkick um, did not connect. But... <laughs> but Tell you what, though. That's like the first one that did not connect because Saray's dropkick that goes through the ropes is vicious in previous weeks god mm. she just she just kicks him in the face and does not hold back it's amazing i love that drop kick and i always cringe whenever i watch it in a good way i'm like oh my god you're just kicking them in the face also it was a good it was a good sell by mandy it's just because they mm. did they replayed it three different times from three different angles so you were you just saw it enough to be like yeah she didn't hear it at all but i think yeah, mandy no. sold that really well like it was good And now let's get into reviewing uh, the show, which started off with Mandy Rose versus Saray, that match that we were just talking about. Mandy Rose now being flanked by Gigi Dolan and JC Jane after she spoke to them last week to say, hey, follow me and you'll never lose again. So Mandy Rose lost. Um, <laughs> makes perfect sense. But I really like uh, Saray, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think she's done a lot in NXT. She's kind of been there, wrestles once a month, and that's it. You don't really see her doing much else. She comes out, she beats someone, and then that's it. But I think she has a lot of potential if they actually want to use her properly. Again, that drop kick looks really cool when it actually, you know, connects. Um, and it ends with her hitting that drop kick through the ropes. Mandy Rose bails to the outside of the ring off that drop kick, and immediately JC Jane uh, grabs like a towel to cover up Mandy's face because she's so glamorous and she can't be seen like that. And then they escort her out, and she takes a count out loss. Um, but I thought that, I thought this was a, <laughs> yeah, a, bit of a bit of a weird finish, but I quite like the match though. The actual wrestling I thought was quite good. I thought Mandy played her role as a heel very very well. Proper mm. like knobhead heel was really good. So yeah, Mandy did this, every stuff. trick in the book, right? Like Mandy, like, Mandy was doing the whole like face washes, taunts, hiding through the ropes, like yeah. did the press up taunt on Saray's back. Like there was a lot of fun stuff. Saray did that brilliant fisherman suplex with a bridge, but she pretty much like dunked Mandy on her head for for a bit, sure struggling is. to get her over. Yeah, I I really get like I can see Saray becoming someone like uh, big in NXT. She needs character change though. Yeah, she's kind of like she's like an she's she's in the mold of like the unexciting Io Shirai, the original Io Shirai character, where there wasn't really much more to her than she's good at wrestling, 
But Io Shirai has the benefit of really, really exciting high-flying moves. But then that character switch of Io changes her to become this amazing top-tier NXT character. And Saray, I think, needs to find whatever that is. Well, And obviously, that'll be a case of when they're bothered to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, currently, she's kind of fitting that mold of, like, because she's good and she's talented, she just ends up being, like, a Zaya Lee or an Io Shirai who comes out and does a good match but doesn't really go anywhere Kushida was doing that for a while and they seem to want to do it with Japanese talent specifically obviously Zayali's not Japanese but <laughs> I, I know I, I, I know I named her in that in the sense yeah. that it was like yes she Good does she does martial arts and they like martial arts and they're just like cool yeah, martial totally, arts person yeah. does martial arts and then when she changes character suddenly it's all exciting again yeah and I think that she's kind of feels like Kairi saying without being a pirate it's just that yeah. like Happy go lucky, like, hey, I'm here and I'm gonna do a wrestle. But Kyrie Sane had the benefit of having a really cool character be like, I'm a pirate. Hey, and I mean, that's goes, and maybe that's like, maybe it's that simple. Yeah. You got a wheel, and everyone goes, That's really cool. And that's it. That's all you need sometimes. She needs a job, is what she needs. <laughs> yes, she needs, she needs a to job. be a wrestler and a pirate. That's <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but regardless, though, I thought this was a decent little showcase for him. This was, I think this was Mandy Rose's first match back at NXT after she'd come back and kind of been standing around for a while. This was actually her first match back, and I thought she did a pretty good job. Um, I was I was pleasantly surprised um, at what she did in this match. Um, we then got a promo from Tommaso Ciampa, who was fired up for his match later on with Rich Holland. And then we got, uh, which was great, because Ciampa's great. And uh, then we got... how quickly he got up at the end. Yes, it was very. He got quick, up so it? quickly, the chair exploded from underneath the GCP. <laughs> I don't think I could get up that quickly that a chair actually like fires out from my ass. <laughs> like it was, it was like a, a Sonic the Hedgehog level speed. It was just, poof, and you see, like, yeah, a exactly, and then behind just, him. Yeah. the chair spinning on its on one of its yeah. legs. Exactly, yeah. Uh, we then got Duke Hudson versus Kyler Riley, which was set up after their brawl from last week. Uh, my first note for this match was quite a fun match. This. Which my first note for this match is uh, Duke Hudson has Maroon 5 music. (laughs) (laughs) Maroon 5 first album music. That's his entrance theme. It's it's coming into like this love. It's rubbish. That is terrible, terrible. And also, like, don't call him Duke when no one can say (laughs) the word Duke. All I can think of when they're saying Duke the whole time is like, with whether in a word or in a look, you can't escape the Baba Duke. Like, it's. Kyle O'Reilly's hoodie as well that he comes in. Yeah, I don't like it. This match had the makings of something terrible. Obviously, like they're actually really good in the ring, but my God, yeah. the presentation at the beginning. Oh, also, Kyle O'Reilly's music is also not good. It's yeah. just it's not, is it? Well, I mean, we've spoken about that enough, but God, it's not good. Um, but uh Kyle O'Reilly had a load of bandaged ribs, still selling his uh three stages of hell match with Adam Cole. And uh, yeah, I, I, I thought this was very fun. I thought that Duke Hudson looked really good. Like I quite liked him in the breakout tournament as is. Um, and also for those who are unaware, um, Duke Hudson is Brendan Vink, who was on Raw for like a couple weeks and was in that tag team. That's the same, same dude. But he's kind of completely different from what he is now. He's got proper character. He's very like, he's a proper knobhead. And you can tell that like, he really suits that character of mm. the, you know, his intangible is that he's suave, supposedly. So like that, <laughs> that that's his thing. And he actually plays that very, very well. I think it comes across in like his wrestling style, as well as just like the, the taunting and stuff like that, that he does. 
He's got resting smug face. It's good. Yes, exactly. Yeah, resting smug face. Um, And uh, yeah, I I thought he came across really well. He's very agile for a big guy as well, which is always a great combo. Uh, And he worked over Kyle's midsection for basically the whole match. Uh, But Kyle came back, hit a couple of dragon screws through the ropes, then did a diving knee onto his knee, and then got in a heel hook for the win. Uh, It was all very good stuff. Really enjoyed this. Good. Thumbs up from me. My favorite moment was uh, how high Kyle O'Reilly went when Duke did the sort of like, he had him in a fireman's carry and then lifted him up into like a rib breaker, essentially. But Kyle just flew. He just went, what? (laughs) Awful. (laughs) Up to the ceiling and back down. But it really sold it. Yeah. And they they have really good chemistry, these two guys. I think you're right. I think Hudson, like he sells the character really well. The kind of smugness and the cockiness really works for him. And the fact that he's so big as well, like really helps with that kind of like, there's a reason he's so like confident in a match with Kyler Riley and it plays well. Kyler Riley's strengths, which is chopping down big dudes. Like Kyler Riley is great against bigger guys because he's got the offense that makes it look like he's really had to work on one body part to bring them down to the mat. And this match was the kind of perfect example of that. 100%. Hundred uh, percent. We then saw Wade Barrett chuck an index T-shirt into the crowd. Nice. Wade Barrett's very good. He goes, gets handed an index T-shirt by Beth Phoenix. He goes, "Oh yeah, let me just add this to the wardrobe." Just chucks it straight into the crowd. Great stuff from Barrett. Love that man. Um, we then got a promo from Ilya Dragunov, who came out to the ring and said, "I won." That's pretty much the sum total of the promo. Uh, he just came out and just basically said, "I'm the champion now." Uh, Walter's reign has ended. I'm gonna leave now. I'll be back at some point, I guess, in NXT. But I need to go back to NXT UK to actually defend this belt over there. Uh, and I long live the Tsar. My uh, flight's not till tomorrow, guys. So <laughs> Triple H said, "Well, I'll just come out here, say some stuff, say hello, and then I'll go back to the UK tomorrow." Okay, cool. Yeah. No one's want to come out, interrupt, and set up another thing, make it exciting. No, okay, fine. Like, it it could have just done with a little thing, you know? Like, it's yeah. nice to see Ilya get his moment and, like, selling the match mm-hmm. still. An amazing match, by the way. But, like, oh. yeah, I don't think people people were expecting more from this promo. You could see it. You could feel it in the crowd as, like, his kind of... He was obviously delivering stuff with the cadence of, like, here, here, this is where they will cheer and this is where they will say stuff. And people just felt a little bit flat. To like, you know, like his God. his big, big, you know, line of the ring general has fallen, long live the czar, just kind of went a little bit. No one really reacted to that the way you were kind of wanting them to. Um, I mean, I don't particularly blame the crowd because no, no, like they, they've been subjected to at this point, this was the second of the two weeks that have been pre-taped. So at this point, this is probably the third or fourth hour of wrestling that they've watched back to back. Um and this was taped the day after TakeOver, I believe. So it's literally mm-hmm. like the day after that. So there's a lot of wrestling all in, in a short space of time. But also, if the crowd's going to be dead, which understandably, they're subjected to a lot of wrestling, if you're going to pipe in some noise, at least make it sound good. Oh, <laughs> this episode, it really bugged me. Some of the audio engineering on this show was not good. Oh, my. When Imperium made their entrance, I was like, no one has ever reacted like that to an Imperium entrance before. That is awful. And they had the backstage segment with Cameron Grimes and Grizzard Young Vets. 
and Cameron Grimes drops the title on, on Gibson's foot. And the crowd like exploded like John Cena had just made his return at Money in the Bank. And I was like, <laughs> that's just like, no, that's just wrong. Like, oh, God, it was, it really distracted me in this, uh, in this episode. Anyway, that's a minor point, but it wound me up. Um, I would have just, yeah. yeah, I would have just loved this bit if, even if, even if Imperium had just come out at this mm-hmm. point and stared him down, just something to like reinvest the crowd. Like, you, it's nice to give someone their moment to speak, but there is a reason that they usually interrupt it. Is because if if it goes on too long or it doesn't seem to be going anywhere, people are always like, "What's the next thing?" And like this would have been a perfect example of like you've put the NXT UK Championship on the line at Takeover, which means you're clearly trying to get people to go, "Oh, those people from NXT UK were great. Maybe I'll watch NXT UK." This is a really good time to fly out another contender to then be like come out on NXT and be like. I'll see you on NXT UK in three weeks' yeah. time or whatever it is, because then you literally yeah. you've literally advertised a match that people are going to be interested in. Yeah, or even if you couldn't fly them out, just have them appear on the Tron or something in a pre-recorded little bit that they've mm. recorded. Anything just to make that like put a even a, a point even to a tease that goes nowhere. Even a t- even Pete Dunne coming out and shrugging and looking at the title would have been something yeah. like the suggestion that he might go back for the, you know, the belt that he was previously the longest, you know, he was one of the longest reigning champions in modern WWE until Walter had it longer. Yeah, totally. Um, after that, we got a promo from Kaylee Ray, speaking of NXT UK, um, who'd come in to just be like, Hey, I do what I want. The questions from this interviewer were not very good, were they? <laughs> they, were deli- they were delivered with the unnaturalness of somebody reading them two seconds beforehand and being like, you want me to say what? What's my what's my motivation? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't understand where this character's coming from. Um, one of the last ones that he said was, what exactly are you capable of? It's like, what sort of question is that to Kaylee to Kaylee Ray? Who's held the NXT UK title for God knows how long? Like, mm. come on! Oh, it was just a a weird sit down interview for Katie Ray to basically just say, "I don't like Zoe Stark. I don't like Io Shirai. I'm here to dominate the women, the NXT Women's Division." That was that, pretty much. Just in case you forgot, I've brought my resume. That's basically what she was doing. Yeah. It was it was just an it was just an opportunity for her to be like, remember Kaylee Ray? She t- she came out and stood on the stage, and now here she is to tell you exactly what she's done recently. Oh God, did didn't he say to start off the interview? I I didn't write it down, so don't quote me on this. But it was something like you returned at one of the most shocking moments that NXT's ever seen. I'm like, she came out and stood on a stage after a match, like mm. that, like that's it. And he was like, what prompted you to come out on, on, on such a stage to like make such a statement? It's like <laughs> remember when Adam Cole came you... out and kicked Drew McIntyre in the face. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> it was like she she came out and stood on a stage, mate. That's fine, whatever. Um we then had another backstage promo from uh, Carmelo Hayes, who obviously won the breakout tournament, saying he still doesn't know what title he wants to go for with his breakout tournament contract. Uh, saying that he could go for, he could still go for the cruiserweight title, wants another shot at Kushida, could totally wow. work. He could go for the North American title. Uh, you know, he could he could swerve people. Uh, see, because it's a swerve. Or he could go straight for Samoa Joe for the NXT title before. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, uh, not Raquel Gonzalez, sorry. Uh, I've completely forgotten her name, the person that joined. Um, the Ghetto Del Fantasma. Goodness me. That's just a, that's just a complete mind blank. I didn't write it down. Uh, the person that, uh, that joined um, Legato Del Fantasma last week comes in to say, hello, 
Uh, don't do that because the North American title is actually going to be Santos's, not yours. And then Santos Escobar and the rest of Electro Lopez. Thank you, thank you, chat. You're you're the best. Um, and uh, yeah, she she comes in to say, um, uh, hey, the the title is going to be uh, Santos Escobar's, so don't go after that. And then Santos and Legado del Fantasma come in and just say, stay out of my business, basically, which was cool. I like that. And I, I like the teasers of Carmelo potentially going different directions with his with his title. It's probably going to be North American from the looks of it, but I I like that it could go anywhere. Yeah, it feels like North American is kind of set in stone. It's been he's been dragging into that. Good acting from Carmelo as well at the end there when Santos walked up. I mean, I'm ju- I'm saying that in jest. It was terrible, yes. but yeah, yeah. It, it you know I I think Santos is amazing, and I, I love Legado del Fantasma. I think they're so good. Did he just threaten me? I don't know, Carmelo. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Oh, I see that energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awful. But yeah, Santos, great coats as well. Man's got style. Oh, look at El Fantasma. When they made their entrance last week for the six man tag, I just could they're just so cool. And Hit Row were awesome. And I've I've said my piece about Hit Row being amazing. Hit Row came out and I was like, God, they're so cool. And then Legato del Fantasma came out and I was like, God, they're so cool. I just, yeah. just really like both of them. Um, too small, though. Let's get them in the bin. <laughs> yeah, They're totally. all too small. In the bin. Yeah. We then had tag team match of Imperium versus Drake Maverick and Grayson Waller. All right. You look like Drake Maverick's clone. Yeah, yeah but bigger. Yeah. <laughs> After he's taken the super soldier serum. <laughs> <laughs> Drake Maverick is is Steve Rogers and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Grayson Waller is Captain America. Um, Yeah, I I then put why is there so much piped in noise for this match in particular? Uh, There was a little breakdown between Grayson Waller and Drake Maverick. He tagged himself in uh, which distracted Drake. Imperium got the upper hand, hit the Imperium bomb. Imperium wins. This was alright. It was fine. Drake Maverick got a nice little hot tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it seems like they're just doing the exact reverse of the Drake, Maverick, Killian, Dane mm-hmm. um, tag team storyline. And they're just going to do this time. Drake has to be the one with the sort of young upstart who's a bit too into the fact that he wants to be in the tag team. And they'll do this for a few weeks. And then the two will either get on the same page or split off and, I guess, have a match. I don't really know. I'm not really invested. I don't, I, you know, also because we've seen this story done very recently with half the same people. So. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced yet of this. Um, mm. And also, yeah, Grayson Waller looked like a chump because he got absolutely, we got his ass handed to him by Imperium. So, what did? Yeah, it was. It was fine. Um, but yeah, just curious to see where that goes from there because it's been a little bit played out at this point. Well, uh, also, because it doesn't make sense because, like, I think the point always was, you know, the reason the Drake Maverick thing worked is because he is the size he is. And he's always had that underdog, like he's just got that underdog sort of thing about him. And when you look at him, you think, okay, legitimate underdog, scrappy guy, and always like overachieves. And Grayson's confidence was actually just annoying here rather than like it didn't really, it doesn't really achieve much beyond. I think, I think this will probably just end up in a match between Drake and Grayson, surely, because I can't see them coming to kind of a conclusion that they'll be on the same team. I think it's just going to be dragged out for another couple of weeks, and then, yeah, Drake will take on Grayson over this. Or there won't be a resolution, and this Mm. was just a filler so Imperium could get a win, and they don't really care about Drake and Grayson at all. See, I'd quite like... 
I would quite like Drake Maverick to just do auditions for a new tag team partner. Mm-hmm. That would be a fun story. Like he just yeah. has a different person come in every week and it's just a different sort of outcome where he never gets the win and then he finds the person that helps him get the win and they can be a tag team. But yeah, this is probably just for Imperium, really. Chances are. Um, also, just wanted to quickly say there's nearly 1,200 of you watching right now, which is awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. If you are here, consider leaving a like if you're enjoying the content. And also subscribe, because we've got AEW Dynamite review tomorrow. We're doing predictions for All Out tomorrow. All Out live reactions on Sunday. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to be defending my championship against uh, Ollie Davis, so I've already won. Uh, Johnny Gargano backstage uh, is with Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis uh, and says, yeah, we're, we're basically says you need to give him a chance and johnny's like i don't want to he's super creepy (laughs) and turns around and he's standing in front of him hees like oh god stop doing that um that was the whole basically the whole promo um and then just be cool (laughs) yeah uh this next promo is from only lorkin danny birch rich holland and pete dunn and my note for this promo is they say some stuff yeah they just all went on about their different bits yeah. Only and Birch want the tag titles. Rich mm-hmm. Holland's cross with Champa. Yep. Pete Dunn is there. Forgotten what he wanted again. <laughs> After like <laughs> He's the baddest man in NXT. Yeah, something, something sort of about Samoa Joe. Sort of, maybe. Prove me wrong. I dare you. Um anyway. Uh Gigi Dolan and JC Jane then beat up Saray backstage because they did not forgive her for what she did to Mandy Rose. Oh, no. Mandy's perfect face. I know. Then we got Johnny Gargano versus L.A. Knight. Uh, I quite liked this match. I thought this is probably one of the better matches that L.A. Knight has had since he's joined NXT. Uh, Obviously, he's in there against a great wrestler, so he's obviously going to be helped to be looking a little bit better. But also, I just think he did really well in this match. And I think Johnny did great as well, played his role perfectly. And the finish was, you know, it was a bit dumb. But I'm on board with it. It furthers the story anyway of uh, Johnny Gargano gets hit off the apron and Dexter Loomis catches him like he caught Indy Hartwell before because Indy and Dexter were ringside for Johnny in this match. Um, And uh, after he he catches him, he kind of puts him back up and then Indy's like, wait, 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 do do, do the hand thing with Dexter. And Dexter's like, yeah, come on, do the the hand thing. And Johnny goes to do the hand thing, but (laughs) LA Knight grabs him and, and, and plants him with the Whatever his finisher is called, I always forget. It's the uh, BFT. BFT. Yeah, the bacon tomato. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to I beat that. that oh, oh good. Um, good and uh, yeah, and then he gets the win on Johnny, which you know, it's cool. Yeah, I like. I think like this. This does a lot. Like, um, I'm not. I'm not like super super into. The, the continuing index thing like I, I think it's fine it gets a lot it gets a bit too much airtime for my for my tastes but Ella Knight gets a win he was you know one of the people confronting Samoa Joe last week so like he's a really good kind of first opponent for Joe on an NXT show because Joe can beat him quite handily but Ella Knight gets a little bit of a rub from that um his Streets of Rage boss music needs to change though that's terrible um <laughs> Johnny looked and Johnny like felt back to the Johnny Gargano of old in this match, like it almost in the way also that the crowd fell into eventually charting for Johnny again as well, mm-hmm. um, which was interesting. Um, 
and I think yeah, Johnny just worked a very normal Johnny Gargano match, and it just made LA Knight look bloody great. Like he was a good foil for Johnny Gargano. And then yeah, what what do you think is going to happen it, now? Loomis has caught Johnny. Do you think we're just going to build to Johnny versus Loomis, or do you think we're going to build to Johnny and Loomis get together to be Gardex or John well, Dex? According to reports, they're planning on having Johnny Gargano be a top heel in NXT, which you makes can't me do fit. that if you put him against LA Knight and people are I cheering know. Johnny Wrestling. People are going, this, Johnny Wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> this is why I don't understand the reports, right? Because they want him to be a top heel, which makes me think, because we've got the wedding of Indy and Dexter in a couple of weeks. Mm. I think that Johnny's going to like wreck the whole thing. He's going to reveal some master plan that means they can never get together again or whatever. And he's going to be a dastardly Johnny Gargano. Boo, this man. It'll be a Johnny versus Dexter thing and he'll win and he'll be right the whole time or something like that. I don't know. Um, maybe they'll, they'll tease doing like a, a, a Loomis Johnny team up, but then Johnny's going to turn on him or something like that anyway. That, if the reports are to be believed that he's going to be a top heel, which I don't think they should because he's done the heel thing and people are ready to start cheering for again. Yeah, but I think like I think if you're going to bring in a load of new people and you're going to start focusing on younger guys and you want them to get good wins, one babyface is a lot easier for people who don't necessarily know wrestling or acting to do. Two, having you know, having your really good guys be the top top heels is probably the best idea. I think in that sense, like Johnny Gargano as a top heel up against like new young talent could be a really good way to make that new young talent look really good. And that's what I think they should, you know, that's what I think they should be doing in, in the long run with NXT. That's which why I thought this show was so weird when it's like Roderick Strong gets the win and Thingy gets the win and, you know, Kyle won again and we've, you know, Johnny didn't win here, but LA Knight is not exactly some scrub who's just walked in the door. You know, Eli Drake has been around for a very long time and is just as old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, the match was enjoyable at the very least. I, I liked it. Uh, we then had backstage promo from MSK with William Regal saying that they want uh, Lorcan and Birch next week for the tag titles. All right. I love how proud William Regal looked at the end of this. When they came and they asked him nicely to have a match and he was like, okay then, lads. Yeah, next week you can have your match. And they're just nodding his head like, yeah, okay. You made me proud, boys. You made me proud. <laughs> War games. Wait, no, sorry. Silly William yeah. Regal. Yeah. Uh, we then got an announcement that Mei Ying is going to compete next week. I still don't care. I'm so I'm so over the TN Shah stuff. Like I ten percent at best last week. Get to the point. They've been here for months and months and months, and nothing has happened. Just. Get to the point already. If this if this is going to be the point of Mei Ying wrestling, and we're all going to be blown away by Mei Ying because she's an amazing wrestler, great, awesome, cool. But God, if she's going to be, she's going to be spooky character number three, where she's going to, you know, she, yeah, she's going to like hypnotize people, or she'll be mm. like, and someone's going to go to punch her, and they'll be like, oh, she's too scary, I can't punch her anymore, or you know, whatever. Cool. I think it could be interesting. It depends what they got for her. Like, I think it'll be a good entrance. It'll be a good entrance at least. And then it will be, who knows? Like, 
I'm hoping it falls on the good end of the spectrum of like there's something. Maybe she just does a wicked kick. Yeah, maybe that's all it takes sometimes in NXT. All it take, you know, Alistair Black got so far with one wicked kick. So like maybe 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 she's got a wicked kick, but yeah, I don't know. Totally. I don't know. I don't know either. We then got Jesse Kamea versus Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel won pretty quickly. Uh, also, really loud piped-in cheers for Raquel Gonzalez. God, so distracting. Um, and then Raquel won very dominantly. Jesse got a couple of moves in, but overall, Raquel was very dominant and had a little stare down with Frankie Monet afterwards. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I like. I like the. I like right. the Gonzalez versus Frankie Monet looks like a a good setup to have. Um, I think Gonzalez has really, really kind of come into her own, like mm-hmm. in the last since you know since I was reviewing this show for for Wrestle Talk. Like I think Gonzalez has really grown as a performer. She feels like a legitimate champion. Um, I thought Kamea looked quite good here. Like she's been in NXT seemingly forever. She had a quite a cool little. She did like a sort of splits and slid out the way. Mm-hmm. I know it's not really a move, but I was like, that's cool. Never seen that yeah. before. And she had a few little sort of like rolling kicks and stuff like that shit that she tried, but then obviously she just got minced by Gonzalez. Um, but yeah, like I think Gonzalez versus Monet is going to be really, really good because Taya Valkyrie is so good in the ring. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to see like, you know, someone who I think is also Gonzalez has been traditionally up against either a Rhea Ripley who is like Clash of the Titans or someone a lot smaller to kind of destroy. So it'd be interesting to see someone, I think Monet's got sort of like a more um, veteran aspect to it. I wonder if they play that Mm -hmm. up in NXT for this kind of uh, clash. Yeah, I'm I'm quite looking forward to it if that is the direction they're going. Uh, we then had Ember Moon backstage cut a little promo to say, I'm Ember Moon, you want to make a name off me. You haven't been a name for ages, Ember Moon. You've been doing nothing. I should do a tag team weird. champion for uh-huh. a week to, mm-hmm. or a month or whatever it was. And since then, she's been losing. And that's about it. Whatever. I think she, she uh, she's going to be facing... Pete. Huh? She had, a tank. she had a tank for a very brief period of time, and once you have a tank, yeah. it's hard to yeah. it's hard to maintain then, your dominance. And then her stock has tanked. Mm. You're welcome. Uh, so she, I think well, she, she could be, she could be, could be Shotzi and Moon on SmackDown <laughs> or whatever it is. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. I think she's facing Kaylee Ray next week. That's what she said. Cool. She's going to lose. Um, Samoa Joe then had a sit down promo with Wade Barrett. And uh, they say, you know, considering this is your your third time, record-breaking third time uh, with the title, uh, has it changed your perspective? And Joe goes, well, as a three-time champion. It's like, did you know that Joe's a three-time champion, guys? They, they, I don't know if they mentioned champion. it. Yeah. Mm. Um, it, it, this was fine. Joe just saying, someone needs to step up and, and stop me. I'm going to rule NXT. And, you know, I, I had a really hard week. I was in Las Vegas uh, scouting new talent for WWE and then came back and then, you know... I, I, did this, that, and the other, and now I'm the NXT champion. And blah, 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 blah. People need to step up. There you go. That was the promo. Well, Enjoy. Pete, as a three-time champion, I believe that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was a good promo. I thought it was much better. It was much like you could tell that Wade Barrett was much more of a like capable interviewer than whoever did the Kaylee Ray one. Well, they the, clearly had the, like that a good record. Did... It's kind of slow, but yeah. The one that did the Kaylee Ray interview is an actual interviewer for like ESPN or something. He's like 
a, a proper dude man that they bring in for for random things but clearly he's good at doing actual interviews and not ones where it's like ask these questions mm. please because he's not very good at that thing whatever well pete as a three-time champion i see that what <laughs> samoa joe was doing here like makes a lot of sense and i like this aspect of like joe is almost like now he's almost in charge of the complete future of the brand like this this mm -hmm. this feeling of like not only am i scouting all the new talent i'm also completely on top of of the brand so like there's kind of a few interesting directions you go here like big baby face joe is the guy who's going to give younger younger talent the opportunity to go against him for the title and when he drops it then you know that, that guy's really important and needs to be watched or you do Samoa Joe's slow descent into madness as the three-time champion who's like... He's a three-time champion. He's a three-time champion, Pete. And in that, you do that kind of like, he doesn't want to give it up to the younger guys because because he's scouting them and finding them. He doesn't think any of them are ready. Although yeah. I, I actually, even though Joe is a three-time champion, I don't see him necessarily holding on to the belt for very long. I think it no, was I a, don't get it off cross. Joe's the guy to do it without diminishing cross necessarily except that obviously he went to raw and became a gimp so that's that's its own thing um but then yeah you can just build someone up quite quickly i think to take it off joe my vote's pete dunn i vote pete dunn yeah that'd be very cool i'd be well down for that uh we then had a match between roderick strong and igman giro uh i also wrote again what the f are these piped in noises so badly done there was an Oh boy, a hip toss into the corner of the steps. Ow! Don't do that. Ow! I don't mm. want to. Ow! Didn't like that at all. As in, like, it was great. It was awesome. But absolutely F taking that move um, to Jiro. And after that, Roderick Strong just kind of took control. Ended up winning with two of his flippy suplex into a backbreaker thingies that he does, whatever they're called. End of heart um, take, they were originally that's, called. That's the one. I don't think they actually called them that on this episode. They're not sure. called it. They were they were confused about what it was called on this episode. So a it's clearly some new name like uh, the Diamond Cutter. Oh no, we're already using that one. The Diamond Neezer. Yeah, Diamond Neezer because it's like geezer. No, that's it. It's too perfect. That's it. Diamond <laughs> Neezer. Uh, diamond Diamond Neezer Scrooge. The yep. Diamond Neezer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's a Diamond um, Neezer. Strong one. Also, there were two more people there for Diamond Mine. Now they're they're expanding, Twins they're growing, or brothers or something. Sure, they're growing. I think they're growing, but they're growing out of each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're literally multiplying. Tweedledee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, strong one. Cool. Uh, Stark and Shirai had uh, a backstage promo with Katanzaro and Carter. Stark and Io still aren't on the same page. I still really don't like this tag team because, in case you missed that promo that one time. Zoe Stark is very racist, according to the character. <laughs> according mm. to that that one promo they had together. And since then, this team just hasn't gelled for me. Don't know what it is. Couldn't put my finger on it at all. God, it's just not good. It's just not good. Um. Anyway, they're going for the women's tag titles next week. Katanzaro and Carter. They're not going to win. Nope. Uh, bless them. Well, maybe they will, because how would Stark and Shirai coexist? By both being independently strong enough to take on two people. Yeah, probably. That's my vote. Anyway, yeah. Uh, backstage promo with Cameron Grimes uh, saying the, the million dollar champion, except he's not really the million dollar champion anymore because he got given a replica belt. La 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 la. Ted DiBiase. 
Grizzly Young Vets come in and start making fun of him and just be like, oh, you know, why don't we buy you another title off WWE shop? And then next week you could be the North American champion or the NXT champion. We could just get a belt for you. And there you go. And they brought in the replica million dollar title and and uh crimes goes oh yeah let me see that wow this is actually heavier than the one that that ted dbs gave me and then drops it onto zach gibson's toe and then laughs and then walks off did zach gibson have shoes off because he hates zach gibson <laughs> is that why is that why it was so effective that, is this is this a really introspective look into zach gibson's yeah. psyche he really hates himself the whole time he's not been wearing shoes and he just walks around <laughs> going shoes off if you hate gibson <laughs> Like slowly crying as he undoes his shoelaces, yeah. shoes oh, off. Man. If you hate Gibson. <laughs> uh, um, uh, it was fine. I assume they're probably going to have a Zach Gibson versus Cameron Graham's match. I'm sure that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. um, and then we got the main event of Tommaso Ciampa versus Ridge Holland, Beef uh, which is which <laughs> what Beef Crisps. Yes, that's him. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was a really good match. I really enjoyed the actual wrestling within the match itself. I just, it was just weird that Champa just straight up won. Just clean, yeah. just straight up, just hit the, the Widow's Bell and then won. All right. Okay. And then there was a, a beatdown angle afterwards, but MSK came out to make the save because they're doing the tag title match against Lorcan and Birch. It was very fun. Really enjoyed the match. Um, but yeah, it's just a very strange choice. When Champ won, I was like, oh, okay. Holland has, Holland has just come back. He's just returned. He's just put Timothy Thatcher on the shelf for yep. months, according to the storyline. It's so, yeah, indefinite. It's so weird to have Champ win this match. Mm. Like and and yeah, and there were three guys outside the ring ready to jump in and beat him down post match. It's like at that point they were ready to jump in and beat him down in the match. So unless they like, I think unless the program they want to run is Champa done, mm -hmm. maybe then that this is kind of a, a way to to veer into that direction, or maybe it's they want to stick Champa in the Samoa Joe kind of title picture for a bit. I don't know, but it feels like I said earlier. I think it feels really weird to to beat rich holland after he's just returned he's willing to like legitimately injure people as well like um and yeah he feels like he fits the mold of what everyone's saying that nxt is looking for so unless this was really like a two fingers up at the, the the you know the kind of new management coming in to be like oh yeah you know that rich holland guy that you really want to be like the next big star oh it would be him clean <laughs> the Maybe week it's before revenge. you started it it's revenge for carrying cross Main roster ruins carrying cross, but yeah. will ruin a new star. Screw yeah. you. Up yours, beef crisps. Um, yeah, yeah no, I, uh, it was a really good match, though. I thought it was great. I thought they worked really well together. Like, seeing Vicious Champa again, like, just going all out. Like, the bit outside where um, Holland tries to, like, post him, Champa shoves him into the barricade, and then um, he wraps his arms around the post and then does his knee on the announce table and sits there right in front of Dunn, Birch, and Lorcan, patting himself on the back and doing the round of applause. I thought it was wicked. Like, I love Tommaso Champa, and I think this episode showed you why, because that promo was fire. He made a chair shoot out of his ass, and then he put on a really good match. <laughs> what more do you want? He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah, it was uh it was, it was very, very good. Um odd winner, as you mentioned, but very, very good match. And when it came to the end of the episode, I was like, well, that was an episode. It just had some wrestling on it. And as we've spoken about at the very start of the show, this kind of kinds to be 
it kind of seems to be that they're going back towards the old school style of NXT of just having some wrestling matches and having a bit of, a bit of a wrestle. Not too much crazy storyline stuff, which is how NXT got over in the first place. So maybe it's not all that bad. If I had to give the show a rating, three, three, four, three, four, one of the two, it was all right. I think like a three, a three and a half feels yeah. good. Like it didn't really, it didn't feel like it furthered too much. Um, and didn't really have those kind of, I think when NXT does proper storyline moments, you really get that feeling of like, this is, this begins to be more than just a good wrestling show. Cause I think, you know, NXT's had some great face to face and promo things and swerves and stuff. This didn't really have any of that. It just felt like very workman like wrestling, but workman, right. Workman like wrestling is really good. So I'm fine with that. So like probably three, three and a half for me. Before we get into the rest of your ultra chats here, I just wanted to say one more time that we are sponsored by Beer52. Beer52.com forward slash wrestle. The link is on the screen and the pinned comment at the top of the description. Go click that link if you are a UK viewer because you can get yourself 10 free craft beers. That's right, 10. Count them, 10 free craft beers. All you have to do is pay for the postage and the shipping, which is like £5.95, which works out at like 59.5p for a can of beer. It's great, and they're tasty, and you get little snacks and a little magazine about your beers. It's a good time, so go go do it. They've been really good friends to us, because normally, if other people are sponsored, if, if you know, those other channels are sponsored by Beer52, they get eight free craft beers. But because we're such good friends with Beer52, we get ten. We get an extra two for you, because we're just oh, yeah. that good. Can't they've been, Yeah, they've been sponsoring us. They've been sponsoring us across the entirety of SummerSlam weekend after and stuff, and they're really, really great. They've helped us out a lot. So help out that us as a channel. Go get yourself some beer. It's a good time. Go do it. Uh, anyway, let's get into the rest of your Ultra Chats here. Uh, last chance to get in your Ultra Chats at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Ten Raza says, uh, hey guys, Laurie, great to have you here. I was just wondering your thoughts on NWA this past weekend, and what are you uh, most looking forward to this weekend, apart from Punk? You guys are brilliant. Also, Sean was brutal on, bro on board Game Club. He was. Um, I haven't seen uh, NWA, actually, uh, from this weekend. I've heard that it's very, very good. I've heard a lot of great positive things about it, uh, but I just haven't seen it myself. I am so behind on wrestling. It is unbelievable. Since SummerSlam, I've I've only just been watching Takeover today. So like I'm I'm still catching up. I've not had a chance to uh, even look at what NWA are doing this weekend. It's Daniel Bryan, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Daniel, Bry Daniel Bryan. Me, isn't it? It is Daniel yeah. Bryan. That's yeah. the only thing. I well, I, I I'm also very looking forward to um, Miro versus Eddie Kingston, and also. Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks in a cage because mm. I think that's all going to be very very fun. Omega Cage as well. Yeah, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm keen for. Yeah. Um, Ten Rose again just says back guys. Just wanted to say I became a pledge hammer. Woo! Nice. It's never been a better time. Nope. There has been a better time to become a pledge hammer. It was August. It's now September. Mm. So there there has been a better time to become a pledge it's hammer. Second best time to be a pledge hammer. It's the second the... best time guys... to become a pledge hammer. This has been yep. a better time. It's perfect. To, uh, someone at my door. 
No, I'm going to go to my door. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> Will you guys check out any of the New Japan shows this weekend as well? Sorry for not talking about NXT. Just don't want to get it. Uh, just don't want to get attached now. Just in case the reboot ruins it. Also, El Fakador four 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 live. No, that's the L I W phrase. You can't use that for someone else. Um, I won't be checking out any of the New Japan shows this weekend because I will be busy with All Out and SmackDown and my usual stuff that I do at the weekend. Uh, so I won't be personally, but. I'm sure others might be. Uh, Charles Berg says, okay, so this isn't about wrestling. It's about no rolls barred. I believe there is a certain perfect board game that has not been played. It is a game of skill, luck, planning, teamwork, treachery, has its own uh, currency and power-ups. It's Mario Party on N64. Hello, Terry. Terry says, I wish to leave. Uh, yeah, say it hi, looks like say it. Hi to everyone, Terry. Hi, Terry. No, you scratch me in the face. Well, Goodbye, Terry. Bye, Terry. Uh, yeah, Mario Party. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a perfect board game to play for uh, for Norris Bard, I'd say. Yeah, really make perfect use of the new studio that we built for it. Mm. I think you can do the Switch yeah. one with a little tricycle. So that's really fun. Yeah. It's yeah, got action. Really. Yeah. Uh, and uh, last one for today, I believe, says uh, Chiara Angela Nasty says uh, I can't pass on the fact that if I read Duke Hudson fast in Italian, sounds like two penises. <laughs> Just leaves two streams on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> two penises. Two penises. That that's his name now. Is uh yeah. That that's his new name. He's not Duke Hudson, oh. he is two penises. Um our last minute one here from Some Stupid Punk says, a four out of five, even a three out of five. Are you mad? There wasn't even two wrestlers awkwardly shuffling around one another in the ring, slapping at each other, dropping each other on their heads and no selling. Two out of five tops. Really, though, hope you guys are doing well. Hashtag Lost Cat and all. You're right. You're right. There wasn't a weird work shoot fight between Charlotte Flair and Nijax on this show, so it can't have been very good. You're quite right. So, Laurie, mm. you've seen Loki, right? I have seen Loki. Yeah. I watched the entirety of it yesterday. Mm. It was a very useful day off. I loved it. Um, and, yeah, watched the entire thing from start to finish. And I thought it was bloody awesome. I really enjoyed that show. It started off a bit slow, but by the time it got to the end, I was like, oh, Jesus, that's awesome. Um I don't know the actor's name, but the guy that did the whole, the the main villain guy, that's mm. the, spoilers for Loki, by the way. Uh, I'm going to not sugarcoat any of this. Spoilers for Loki. Stop listening now if you don't want to know spoilers for Loki. Giving you three seconds to get off this podcast for a start talking about spoilers for Loki. Three, two, one. So the guy that's going to become Kang the Conqueror, right? I mm. assume that's what he is, right? Yeah, God, what amazing performance. That mm-hmm. was oh, that was captivating stuff and completely it's an different. Show stealer, isn't it? Like it's yeah. just it's not because also because I think like everyone was so aware of who was going to be at the end. Like, mm-hmm. well, as Loki was going on, like it, I think you know all conversation was pointing towards Kang. Everyone knew that that's what was coming up. And when you meet the man who will be Kang, he's just like and obviously like I think the Kang that we meet later on will be completely different as well. Mm. Obviously Kang has had multiple personalities throughout Marvel's history. Um like Ram Tut and stuff like that. Um 
but like uh yeah it, it's just so off kilter like it's really that kind of like man at end of time who knows everything that's going to happen and has seen it all and done it all before and it's like there's a suggestion that it's happened before mm-hmm. as well like you know like there, there's kind of like a circularity feeling to this this sort of ending where it feels like this is just one instance of this this conversation and this sudden like kind of divergence of the multiverse into like the kang verse and then it all comes back and it starts again somewhere on the timeline like yeah no it's amazing i think it's really really cool and like obviously it sets up everything for like it suggests everything that's going to happen in like uh spider-man no way home and all that kind of stuff like and and doctor strange and multiverse of madness have you watched one division yet I haven't, no. Loki, because that's the thing. I I went very cold on MCU post Endgame, and I was just I'm I've had my fill with mm. MCU because Endgame is just a really good conclusion. Like I'm 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 done now. I don't need anything any more MCU stuff. Kind of went a bit cold. Didn't really watch too much stuff. I only just watched the other day. I watched it was literally it was the No Way Home trailer that kind of was. I was like, God, I guess I really like superhero movies still, don't I? God, yeah, Pete, yeah. come on then, yeah. bring so me then, back. So then I watched Far From Home because I still hadn't watched that yet. Um, watched fun. Far From Home, which I really enjoyed. Really, really fun. Um, and then after that, I was like, well, I guess I'll watch Loki because I've heard a lot of people really enjoy it. Um, so yeah, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Black Widow are on the top watch list, but I haven't watched any of them yet. If I was going to give you the, yeah, I'd say WandaVision over either of the other ones. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is good, but not like amazing. Yeah. And it doesn't really like, it doesn't feel like it forwards a narrative quite as well as it's definitely like its own sort of pocket thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas one division and Loki feel almost integral to the direction that the MCU is going in. Um, and I obviously like not, not necessarily because they can quite easily probably, ex- they probably explain it in no way home in a different way. Um, but yeah. Uh, did you see the sort of like, um, have you seen the people talking about the no way home trailer and how like it could be the end of Spider-Man in the mcu really so this is this is another so this is this this is the the alternative theory right because like this Mm -hmm. there's a way to consolidate spider-man into the mcu and bring in all of the stuff but sony has obviously been spending many years thinking oh we want to make a spider-verse you know that's what they're trying to do at the end of amazing spider-man 2 where they were like let's hastily set up the sinister six because then we can do origin films basically for all these characters Mm -hmm. um and that same thing like with spinning out Venom and doing Venom Let There Be Carnage and Morbius and uh, the talk of Craven the Hunter and all that stuff. Like they really want to maximize the amount of stuff they can do with this property. And obviously, like I feel like No Way Home is more a way to take Tom Holland from the MCU to the Sony Spider-Verse mm-hmm. than it is a way to bring the Sony Spider-Verse into the MCU. And like people are saying, like obviously, but come the end of this, you'll end up with this kind of almost like the way DC runs now, where you've got, uh, you know, you've got people like Todd Phillips and stuff like that who can take a character and don't feel like they have to be beholden to the fact that Jared Leto was the Joker in the last DC mm-hmm. film that came out, or whoever can whoever's going to be Joker in the next Batman film, for instance. Like you can just go, oh, it's Joaquin Phoenix, and we're doing this weird sort of offshoot that's kind of set in in a different version of the DC universe. That could be where Spider Man ends up. So if you wanted a a more comic booky film, 
uh, you wanted a more, sorry, more modern MCU style film, Tom Holland's your Spider-Man. But if you wanted a sort of more old school superhero vibe, maybe Tobey Maguire comes back in his Spider-Man. Do you know what I mean? Like, it'd be interesting to see if that's that's kind of the direction they go with it. I think it's confusing. Yeah. I think the Spider-Verse is, is confusing when it's like, it's definitely a big event thing. I, I wouldn't want to see that be like the way they do all the Spider-Man films from now. I'm also a big proponent of the fact that... Uh, do we need a Morbius film? <laughs> Do we? <laughs> we barely need a Venom film. We barely need a second yeah. Venom film. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm I'm just really interested. I, I think that's a very interesting theory. If if that is going to be kind of the end of the to- if they they had a, like a temporary agreement of Tom Holland and Spider Man being in the MCU, and then they're going to shoot it back to the, the to the Sony stuff. Um, but I don't know if it, if like the door would still be open for future crossover things so it's just like hey it's a separate sony verse which is like a a different multiverse to the mcu stuff but it's still kind of sort of linked and then like maybe you know an avengers film down the line it's like oh god tom holland's popped in from another multiverse to be like hello and help you solve this problem and then he's gonna piss off back to his own multiverse again and go back to his universe and everything will still be reset by the time the end of it but i don't know it's i'm just very interested because it looks like the running theme for the next phase, next slate of Marvel movies is going to be this whole multiverse stuff. Because that's obviously the presiding theme over Loki. We've got the multiverse of bandits coming up, the No Way Home trailer. It's like, oh, there's so much stuff about the multiverse coming up and all these different branching realities and stuff. And for me, that's really interesting. That's mm-hmm. a really cool idea to build a, a bunch of films off of because it's completely different from what's come before with the whole, you know, the Infinity Saga, which was pretty much villain wants to end worlds save it as it it was it was simple but it got the job done and now it's hooked all the people in and mcu's become this massive you know deal and everyone's it's a complete household name and cultural phenomenon at this point and then they've got all those comic book fans in to go now we're going to give you some proper comic book storylines <laughs> get mm. rid of all the wacky stuff now guys uh, we've got you in with the basic stuff and now here's all the weird stuff we can do yeah, this I'm... is almost like a almost like a breather, right? Like it's like a, this is almost like you've had the kind of ten year long saga and the emotional gut punch that was the combination of Infinity War and Endgame, and it felt like you know it felt like wrapped up and like yeah, much better not to jump into a load of origin stories again. I know there are a few origin stories baked in there, but to really kind of like I've, I'm kind of I, I hope that this this phase of the Marvel universe is kind of like the scene in Guardians of the Galaxy where they go to the collector mm. and you've just got all of these cases full of random stuff that is just all like referencing other Marvel movies or Marvel comics. You've got Cosmo the dog in there. You've got Howard the duck in one of them. Howard the duck also has a, a cameo in one of the what if episodes. Like there's a lot of like stuff to play with in that realm and like the multiverse is basically that but like with anything and you know even even wider even more blown open even more crazy new takes on characters like we in the multiverse scenario we can see tony stark again yeah you know what i mean like that it's, it's gonna be really fun to see what they kind of pull out of the bag of like all of marvel's tricks and yeah they've got some really it seems like if they they've been teasing mephisto a fair bit who is the MCU, you know, Marvel's devil. Um, and he is responsible for some really, really bleak and amazing 
storylines. Currently, they're doing one that seems to be all Mephisto-based called uh, Heroes Reborn, where the Avengers never existed. Um, and instead, the Squadron Supreme were the Earth's mightiest heroes. And Squadron Supreme is a, is a piss take, essentially, of the mm. Justice League. Uh, but they're horrible. And it's kind of like the boys. It's got, like, it's got this right. vibe of, like, these guys keep going too far. And there's only a few people who even can really realize what's going on. But you're seeing these, like twists on all your favorite characters of like what would they be like in this different world is it again it's very like what if but um that's the kind of thing that the multiverse opens up it's like a lot of new takes on things that we've seen before and feel like we know inside out yeah it's just an exciting time and i i thought i was kind of done with the whole mcu stuff and now just when i thought i was out always drag Um, it right back in yeah i know um anyway that is going to do it for this episode of the wrestle talk podcast thank you so much everyone for listening and and checking out the podcast we appreciate it we've got all out live reaction this weekend so make sure you stay tuned for that go over to our youtube channel for wrestle talk podcast if you're not already there and a member um subscribe for that because it's going to be me defending my championship against ollie davis um the live reactions are all out so and we're gonna have all the content surrounding that as well with reviews and all that jazz too so loads more content coming soon thanks for listening everyone stay safe we love you very much goodbye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.